everybody. Welcome to the Title IX Podcast on the Cycling Fanatic Podcast Network. I'm Steph Copley, and I will be joined by my co-host, Alisa Woods, momentarily. This is episode 79, and we have a very special guest joining us with, on this episode. We were joined earlier today by Chris Long, who is one of the three owners of the Kansas City Current, the National Women's Soccer League Club down in Kansas City. Um, the other two owners are his wife, Angie, and Brittany Mahomes. And we had a really, really awesome conversation with Chris that I hope you enjoy. But before we get to that, I want to thank our sponsor, the Ivy College of Business at Iowa State. Students are back on campus. Campus is busy, bustling, and we're almost in time for football season. So I'm sure the Ivy staff and administration is happy to see the campus um, just busy again. So thank you to our friends over there. We appreciate your continued support of the Title IX podcast. And we also want to thank our friends at the Mississippi River Distilling Company. The Cyclone Fanatic Roadshow is heading over to La Calaire to visit the Mississippi River Distilling Company folks on Thursday. If you're not going to that, if you can't get tickets, make sure you're keeping your eyes open for the Cody Road Cyclone Fanatic staff pick. It has black labels this year, you guys, to mimic what I'm sure we'll see uh, on the football field at some point this year. So if you can't get over to LeClaire, make sure you're asking your local stores to carry the black label uh, Cody Road for you. So again, thanks to our friends at the Ivy College of Business and our friends at the Mississippi River Distilling Company. We appreciate you all. And with that, we'll go ahead and hop on to our conversation with Chris Long of the Kansas City Current. Hey everyone, we have the honor of being joined by a very special guest today. We are joined by Chris Long, who is one of the owners of the Kansas City Current, the National Women's Soccer League club that is making waves for its rapid growth, community support, and for what I would describe as its unapologetic mission to support women's football and women's sports in general. So Chris, thank you so much for joining Elisa and I this morning. Thank you. It's a great opportunity and and, uh, I was looking forward to it. Well, our listeners know your name uh, because we've mentioned you, we've mentioned Angie and the current in general, but I thought it would be a good idea just to kind of introduce you to those who aren't familiar with you, with you yet. So before you joined Angie as an owner of the current, you also were a in the credit investment world. You are the founder, the current chairman, CEO, and portfolio manager of Palmer Square Capital Management, which no big deal is just a $22 billion asset manager firm. (laughs) And Angie was also in the asset management world. Uh, Again, no big deal. At 29, she was named the managing director of JP Morgan Chase and Company. Mm -hmm. She works also with you at Palmer Square Capital Management as the chief investment officer. So how do two asset managers on Wall Street end up owning a National Women's Soccer League club? <laughs> well, you're so kind to go, go, to, the, go to that background. Um, first off, we've always been massive into sports. Um, you know, at, we're athletes ourselves. Um, we certainly don't compete at the rarefied air level of what our, um, you know, our Kansas City current athletes do, but we loved it and we've always loved sports. And really getting to the ownership piece of the puzzle the bridge uh, was seeing it through our daughter's eyes and the power of women's sports and, and soccer in particular, women's football globally being a language that everybody understands. Um, so that sort of confluence of, of items um, brought us to where we are today. How old your daughter? 
So I've got two. Uh, I've got a 17-year-old uh, who's a junior at Shawnee Mission East, and then the, my footballer is 16, and she's a sophomore at Shawnee Mission East. That's awesome. We both have girls. I have a, also a little boy, but yeah, we're we're we have a little sporty spices too. <laughs> we absolutely <laughs> do. And Angie was a sporty spice as well. She was at Princeton on the rugby team. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, rock star athlete, uh, national champion, rugby player, all American. Um, in fact, even was player coach at one point just, uh, so yeah, she's, she's had a, quite a history in, in, um, in sports. It's too bad. You guys have no accolades to your names. It's really disappointing. <laughs> Can you imagine what LinkedIn looks like? Like, I just imagine your LinkedIn is just like, keep scrolling. Keep scrolling. You're too nice. <laughs> well, one of the reasons we find the current to be so powerful and relevant right now is because everything has a purpose and meaning. Everything you guys have done has been intentionally designed to empower and celebrate women. And your mission statement, for example, it says we have an unwavering commitment to become the best women's football club in the world through brave actions. We're raising the bar for our players, our fans and our community and your logo, the crest, it has a bold KC and those letters are aligned vertically. And that was intentional as well, because as you say on your website, we stand on the shoulders of women who came before raise each other up and carve new paths for the women who will follow. And even the lines, the three lines on the logo that represent the river, those are for athletes, for fans, and for community. And for the community piece of it, you talk about access um, to the sport of soccer for all, inspiring ambition for girls and women to have visibility in roles where they've traditionally been underrepresented. And you also seek diversity, equity, and inclusion. So you guys very intentionally built this identity. It's a powerful identity. It's an important mis mis mission and message. Was that an empowering experience or was a little bit daunting as well? Oh, it's a, it's a mixture. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, daunting in the fact that, um, anytime you, you, you do something that kind of thought is anything but average, right. If you're going to do it, you do it right. And you do it to your maximum, um, amount of your abilities. Um, so there's, there's definitely that, that aspect, um, daunting is sorry. Um, uh, the second, second part of it is, um, empowerment. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, some of the things we, we feel like we're doing, um, are just, are just no brainer. So I, I don't know if I'd call it empowerment, just more it's common sense to have a platform set up like this that celebrates and promotes in so many different ways. Um, not only women, but soccer in the community. Um, so I guess it is empowering now when you look for, you know, you fast forward and you're like, gosh, like we, we've actually, you know, we've accomplished some good things, you know, we've got so much more to do. So I guess there's empowerment there, but, but really I, I, I look at it more as like, this just makes sense. Mm -hmm. It's like, it would be, it would be more of a story if you weren't doing these things <laughs> like it's just, that's just who you are. Well, I appreciate that. I, you know, I think that's right. I think that, um, you know, the sport deserves it, the community deserves it. Um, and you know, more and more people will hopefully take note and, put forth platforms that have the same goals in mind and swim and think big, you know, again, anything but average think big. 
I think Kansas city is like such a, it's such a soccer town. I feel like, and maybe I have a friend who worked for sporting KC. And I just think like, when I think about going to Kansas city, it's like, okay, yeah, I got to go like to a soccer game, you know? And I just, I think that it's really cool that we could go there and see women playing. My daughter's always like, you know, we're watching sports. She's like, are these boys or girls or both? (laughs) It's like, well, you know, these are boys or these are girls. But, um, I just, I think that that would be really cool to go there. And I think that it's cool that it's, it's becoming a pillar in the community. It's becoming, it's something that the community looks for. And then for them to see all of the things that you stand for, it's like, okay, like we look up to you. We look up to the soccer team. You know, we look up to sporting KC, we look up to the, the soccer teams. And I don't know, it's, it's just, I think that it's really interesting that you can even just use a team as like a role model. Yeah. The role model piece is not lost on us whatsoever. I mean, that was a core part of wanting this in our backyard. I mean, you know, everyone talks about, you know, see it and you could be it sort of mindset. And that is undoubtedly true. I would say in the, in, you know, in the case of what we've seen with the team, you know, we we've kept kind of a little, scrapbook of sorts of, of notes and messages that we've gotten over time. That's and cool. I, I'd say probably 50 to 60% are from parents mm. uh, of young children who are using the, the frame, the, the term role model. We can't believe we have these role models. And then it's, then it takes a variety of forms from there. The role model just continually comes up in those, um, in those messages. You were an example of a role model, at least to me, a couple of months ago after the Supreme Court issued the Dobbs decision, the current almost immediately issued a statement on behalf of the club. And whether you agree or disagree with that statement, the statement was bold in its swiftness and its transparency. And you guys clearly took a stand, which at this point in time is pretty rare for a professional sports team. So what's different about the current, the ownership leadership, what made you so willing to take a stand when other organizations aren't? Well, you know, if you go back to the mission and the the intent and, you know, certainly everything we've kind of built around the platform, uh, including our front office, the team around the team, right? Every, everything's everything's meant to, to be elite. Um, when it comes to women's rights, that's at the core of, of us being elite. And um, it's incumbent upon us to now having this intent, having this mission, having this platform to use it um, to be a, a voice. Um, so we're really, we're really proud of of where we are. And obviously there's so much more you can do. I mean, you always feel like you do one thing and then the bars up here and then you do another and it keeps going. And I think that goes for women's rights as, as well. You guys have absolutely raised the bar when it comes to your facilities. You made waves last year with your announcement of plans to build the first stadium specifically for a women's professional soccer team. The design is for uh, an 11,000, 11,500 seat stadium at Berkeley Riverfront Front Park in Kansas City and is set to open in 2024, fingers crossed. Um, I want to put... Uh, okay, perfect. I like that <laughs> confidence. In the letter to fans, uh, you and Angie and Brittany said the stadium is for world-class female athletes, an investment that that every female athlete around the world deserves together. We're doing what's never been done. We're the first, but we will not be the last, not for novelty, but for necessity. We're not setting the standard. We're building it. It's I almost get choked up. Just reading that. Um, you made this announcement just 10 months into your ownership of the club. 
And Elisa and I talk about this ad nauseum on this podcast. We know there's unbelievable growth and momentum in women's sports right now. The numbers back it up. We talk about it relentlessly, relentlessly. But what gave you guys the confidence at that moment to move forward with this so early in the club's existence and so early in your ownership? You know, one uh, advantage we we have so now serving in this um, you know sports ownership role is our whole background prior to this, beyond being athletes and certainly being massive spectators and consumers of sports, is we're investors at heart. Mm-hmm. So I mean, we analyzed the heck out of this thing um, and really looked at it. You know, not only from a mission standpoint, but also from a return on investment standpoint. And what is what is some of the biggest? What are some of the biggest drivers for sports broadly when it comes to return on investment? It's facilities, and it's owning those facilities because with that you control so many other revenue levers. And I think that's lost on a lot of people for two reasons. One. It does take money upfront to do these types of things. So you, you have to have that courage um, and the vision and the, you know, the conviction that um, that that money is going to do what you think it's going to do. So that's one thing is just being able to do that. And I think two, uh, and this is the big changing item right now is mindset. Um, people, there's an inflection point here. I mean, you see it just yesterday, the NCAA, you know, women's basketball championship will be on ABC. ABC. You know, our NWSL game will be prime time for the championship there in DC at Audi Field. Um, there's just so many things you could point to the number of fans attending games, the, you know, um, so that mindset historically, I think, has been uh, uh, a hindrance as people have not thought of it in a big way. And now it's, it's changing. So um, those are the items. We, I mean, so 11,500 seats. I almost wonder if that's not going to be enough. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> sell we that were, baby out. <laughs> I know we were talking, I think last week or two weeks ago, like 87,000 fans went and watched the, the Euro final. And that's like in, that was for women. Like that's the most ever for men or women. Like what if that's not enough? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, Build a new one, Chris. Build a new one. Well, I will tell you. Um, I don't think it's going to ultimately be enough. Um, I think it's, it's right sized for where we are today, as well as maybe even more so the environment we want to create and the experience we want to create for fans, for sponsors, and, and most importantly for the players, I think we're absolutely right sized. Yeah. Um, however, way the design uh, was, uh, built and we're, we're, uh, we're pretty much final now, um, is we can go up to 20,500 nice. by filling, filling in the corners and also yep. filling up a little higher. So there's ability to adjust that, you know, over, over time, but, uh, I like your style. I don't, <laughs> I, I'm going to stand here today and say, I don't think ultimately it will be enough to support what's going to be the fanfare around, um, you know, our Metro and, and more broadly the you know surrounding States for the Kansas city current. And we, as Iowa state fans are totally like, we know exactly what you mean. Filling in those corners. Like we know what it means <laughs> to add to a stadium. Yep. We took uh, the hillside I, into actual <laughs> seats. We're taking yep. steps too. Yep. Fill in that bowl. So something that you said that as investment people, like you understood that we talked about that and we've been continuing to talk about it. There was a recent study by the sports consultancy that said that women's sports was deemed more valuable for long-term investment 
different than men's sports. And this is something that we totally, we totally broke down. And it's, it's not that they are worth more right now than men, than men's sports, but it's that they're starting lower and they're, they're growing faster. And there's, there's just, there's more of a, there's a higher ceiling. There's just more room, you know, because they're starting lower. But I, I think that you guys are in the perfect spot right now as investors, you know, as people coming in and, you know, owning teams, we're seeing a lot of like, we're seeing Sue Bird owning a team. We're seeing a lot of these amazing, um, female athletes too buying teams because they see the worth and they see the investment. So I think you're spot on. I think that, um, you know, it's, it's amazing to hear that out of your mouth because that's literally something that we said last week. We were last episode. We were like, you know, this is where the investment is. We would, I think I said something like I would be rather invest in teams than bet on teams, you know, sports betting is a big thing right now, but, um, I, I love it. And I'm, I'm so excited. There's not a question tied to this. I'm just like, <laughs> she's just, really excited. Yeah. I'm just hyped <laughs> right now. Yeah. yeah. I know. I appreciate it. And, and it's, it's honestly sophisticated conversations that you all drive and many others drive at talking about that. That's important, right? Cause those sorts of conversations, momentum, begets momentum. And it, it's undoubtedly true that, um, there's more capital, more interest. If you look at expansion in the NWSL, um, there's 12 teams today. There's a ton. There's more cities who want teams and there will be teams. Uh, and there's another indication of, of, of capital and desire to get involved because again, it's, it, uh, it has got a lot of upside investment from an investment perspective. And you and, and Angie and Brittany put $18 million of your own money into your uh, training facility, which is state-of-the-art, top-of-the-line. It's a world-class complex built just for the current to be used only by the current, which is pretty incredible also. But you know, you know, those are your dollars. Those are your hard-earned dollars. So how do we get more people like you and Angie who understand asset management, who understand investing? How do we get more people like that to actually go forward and invest? I think it's happening. I think, you know, one of the things that um, is driving it is the increased media attention on um, women's sports broadly, you know, whether it's, you know, basketball, or you've seen even now you could turn on and see so much softball or Mm -hmm. kind of go down the list. I think that's a big thing because people want to consume women's sports and the more ubiquitous it is, the easier it's going to be for people who want to invest to see that. Um, so I really believe that we're on that track, um, on, from a facilities perspective, um, we really have honestly been very proud of the fact that we, and, and, uh, our team could attest to this. We have tours all the time. I mean, you won't believe anyone who comes to town now immediately. The first thing they want to do when they leave the airport is come toward the facility, um, visually taking in the masterpiece that is that, that complex is going to also help more and more people are going to want to put that experience in the hands of their players and in turn in the hands of their community. I was lucky enough last Friday to be at your, your game. Um, and you broke your own attendance record, had more than 10,000 fans at your temporary stadium, Children's Mercy Park. And I've got to tell you, it was an incredible atmosphere. Um, took the whole family. The girls were in awe. And there's something about being a part of, um, you know, a stadium like that where you have a great crowd and everybody is close and um, on top of each other in a way. And 
it was just really, really special and I'll never forget it. And what's it, you know, for me, from just watching this from a women's sports perspective, perspective, from a, a fan of, of yours, of the current, what's it like from your perspective where you have invested your time, money, your, your family, what's it like seeing that success take hold in a tangible way? Oh, epic, epic. <laughs> um, you know, you, you look, you look around and it's one of those, like, you know, the hair in your arms, yeah. yeah, the hair in your arm stands up, you know, um, and you, you're, you're grateful, um, you know, and, but, but as, as you see it, you also think, gosh, this could be even bigger, yeah. this could be, you know, e- even better. Um, you know, so it's, it's almost like, look, we, we got here, but we have so much more. We want to show this community. We want to show these players. Um, and that's you know, that's part of the, the driving force behind the stadium and the, what we're trying to achieve with the stadium is, uh, to create something that's new and different so that, that sort of epic experience is even heightened, uh, which obviously is hard. That's hard to do. Right. Uh, but we're, we're going after it. It's pretty special. We're, we're excited to see how high you can take it. <laughs> um, I'm going to embarrass you. You recently won Kansas city sports commission, 2022 sports executive of the year. And you were recognized as one of the sports business journals, 2022 power players in women's sports. So clearly you're very successful. You're very well respected in the world of women's sports and sports in general. You have a platform. What's your, what's your message? What's your kind of driving force at this point? Well, you're, you're nice uh, to, to, to clarify that that executive award went to to Angie and, and Brittany as well. I just but they're happened. not here, so I had to embarrass I know, you. I know, I know. I, 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 uh, Man, when she embarrasses me, she says real mean things. <laughs> I don't have enough nice things to say about. I just want to make sure we, they, uh, we all have equal credit there. But uh, you're nice to say that. Oh, you know, from a. Um, you know, driving force perspective. I mean, you know, when I look at the Kansas City Current, um, to me, it's, I see a massive global brand, mm-hmm. um, and I want to underscore and bold global, um, and that's the true, you know, destination or journey we we hope to arrive at as far as. Um, you know, what this platform can do and the power it can have, uh, we're not, we're not there, right. We have a lot of work to do to get there. We're, we're, we're doing more and more regionally and nationally. And I think the stadium is going to launch this thing even higher internationally, but that's the, that's the ultimate goal. It's global brand that could do so much for so many. And you're, but this is, has nothing to do with, you know, the, the sappy mission piece of it, but you're the colors of your kit, the teal and the red, it is fantastic. It might be my favorite uniform color scheme in all of sports. And that's saying something I've thought about this a lot. <laughs> I, well, I, I mean, I, I love them. I mean, it's we, so uh, good. my oldest daughter, the, the non-footballer, um, <laughs> teals are favorite color. So it's been in there for the beginning. Like we, I could still remember when we, we went to the kids and we're like, we're going to, we're going to do this. And they all were like, are you crazy? Like, yeah, <laughs> they're so good. Bit sort of surprised and shocked. Like really mom, dad, oh my gosh, that's a lot of work. And then we were like, well, what colors do you want? And my daughter Abigail was like, teal, teal. it's gotta be teal. Like, okay. Well, so and then it. heartland red is spectacular. It's mm-hmm. got such a, I mean, a power to it, you know, for so many reasons. And then storm blue, right. Think about the current and all that underlies it. Um, and the movement of it. And it's so, yeah, thank you. I think 
the three of those are just dynamite together. It's just modern. It's unique. It's fun. It stands out. And I know it has a lot of meaning behind it, but it just looks really cool. So congrats on, on doing that. Thanks. Um, you mentioned Angie and you also mentioned Brittany and, um, Elisa and I have talked about Brittany. She's married to some guy who throws the ball. I don't know, (laughs) (laughs) but she's the third owner. I just thought we should mention that for people who don't know. (laughs) Um, you also mentioned last night, CBS announced the, um, NWSL championship game will air on CBS in primetime in October. And that was coming right after ABC announced that the um, NCAA women's basketball championship game will be on well in the afternoon on ABC. And it was just one of those days where I was like, heck yeah. And it just felt good. And I imagine you expect to see more and more days like that going forward. hundred percent. Um, I, I do. I, I, you know, the, the, just the, the conversations that, um, you know, we're in, um, just again, like the capital interest, the media interest, um, uh, and these things snowball, yes. you know, it's one of those things where it doesn't take 10 years. It's not a decade to have a cycle. You know, it could be something that's, you know, two to five years max. Um, and I feel like we're, we're, we're on that kind of heightened trajectory. As I mentioned earlier, it's exciting. It's super exciting. We've been doing this podcast for, is this our third year, Lisa? Girl, I don't know. The math is we're in <laughs> a the couple of years. And in that time, divided by two. <laughs> I don't, I don't in that know. time, we have just seen wild growth. And one of our favorite things to do every couple of weeks is talk about um, attendance numbers growing, viewership numbers growing. And I, I think you're right. We're on a very fast track trajectory right now. So well, there was a great data point yesterday. You know, Alex Morgan um, mentioned. Uh, you know, I don't know if, if she was authorized to do that or not, but to ESPN that, you know, there'll be 20, 27,000 seats have been sold for the wave angel city game. Just another, another example of people wanting to consume it, um, you know, in a voracious way. And that, again, that's, that's just one other data point of many, many, many that are already, um, in progress. So well, Chris, I know you have to get running, so thank you for your time, but I just want to say one last thing. Um, Elisa and I have talked about this a lot as well, but for a long time, investors and women's sports have kind of been seen as doing it for a good doer perspective. You know, women's sports were kind of seen as charity cases and it sure feels like you're doing it because you see it as a good investment, but you're also doing good along the way. And I think that makes you really special and Andrew really special and Brittany really special and the entire organization special. So thank you so much for your time and for being a role model to us and our listeners and all of our little girls and boys who are, um, yeah, just looking for someone to really take a stand and continue to be leaders in women's sports. Well, it's an honor to be with you both. And hopefully it's the first of many conversations and I appreciate everything you do for your community of listeners and, and more broadly. So have a great rest of your day. Thanks, Chris. We're brought to you by Authentic Brand. Authentic Brand is more than just your source for official cyclone gear. With an amazing team of designers, Authentic Brand can custom manufacture polo shirts, jackets, caps, bags, and beyond for your team or small business. Check them out online at authentic-brand.com. Look authentic, feel authentic, be authentic. Hey, Elisa, we always talk about our friend Hope Wood. 
Hope does the amazing will in a day program. If you check her out online at hopewoodjd.com, you'll see that Hope provides um, the will, any questions you might have, any follow-ups you might have for an affordable price. And it's super ridiculously easy. And if you use the code fanatic, you will get $50 off the already affordable price for Hope's will in a day program. Lisa, what's up? Football season is upon us and we wouldn't be doing our jobs if we didn't talk about it a little bit. I literally cannot believe it. So we were driving Rosa to school this morning and Arnold, my husband was like, yeah, it's like next weekend. Yeah. Not this weekend, but next weekend. And I was like, what? I've had the same experience. It just doesn't seem like it's time. I don't know. I feel like August, August is like a super long month. Yeah. 31 days to be exact. But it feels so short. Yeah. And I don't like, I understand can't even why. Believe it. It, this happens every year. It's like the 4th of July comes and then summer's yeah. over. It's yeah. Very, it's a strange phenomenon. Someone and who, here's the thing too. Like, when are we supposed to eat corn? That's the real question. Because if it's only knee high by the 4th of July and then like July and August just fly by and then it's September, like when are we supposed to eat corn? This is why you and I are soulmates because I swear to you, I go through this mental exercise every single year, every single year. So I'm with you. I, I don't understand. And it's a real shame if we're being honest. I know shame. it's yeah. true. But yeah, football season upon us. We have the season oper- opener against SEMO on September 10th. So I don't think we'll have another podcast prior to that point. I don't, I can't do my math. Yeah. No, we won't. Um, so it was important for us to just chat about it quickly today. Elisa, will you be tailgating this year? Yes, we're okay. going to tailgate for a couple games. I don't know if we're going to go for those early couple games i don't know yeah i don't know arnold doesn't feel into it but i kind of feel into it so especially if the weather's nice that yeah those weird late summer days where you sometimes get the scorching hot you sometimes get the little fall in the morning summer in the afternoon some of those are some of my favorite days i know where like grass is all dewy in the morning i don't know he's just not feeling it but i think that he's just anxious because we don't know what the what the team's going to be like. Okay. So we can, can we talk about that? Yeah. Because I have this weird, I kind of have this familiar feeling for how I felt about last year's men's basketball season, where the table is set for us to do anything we want. You know, there's yeah. no real expectation. Now there are expectations in the sense that we don't want to take a huge drop off. If we go anything less than seven wins, I'm going to be pretty disappointed. Yeah. That's just because we've taken that step forward. That being said, last year, the expectations were so high that every little, you know, every, um, every loss felt like the season was over. Right. And this year it's just kind of, well, let's see what happens. Let's, uh, we have an opportunity to take advantage of a big 12. That's pretty wide open. We have an opportunity to take advantage of some uncertainty with offenses in the big 12. And it seems like everything we're hearing now, granted, it's coming from our camp, Iowa State right. camp. So take that for what it's worth. But everything we're hearing is that, you know, the there's not a significant step down talent wise. So I'm really excited. My expectations are let's have a solid season. Let's not take a step backwards. And if we're not just maintaining, let's take a little step forward. And anything beyond that is a bonus. Yeah. Yeah. I'm there. Yeah. Um, also, SEMO. My whole life, I've thought it was Southeast Missouri. Yeah. It's Southeast Missouri State. Yeah. So why aren't they see most? 
Like the ST at the end. Oh, I don't know. This really is bothering me. <laughs> I, I was up last night. I was just curious about, you know, like if I had any fun facts for you about CMO. Yeah. And I've decided that they should be CMOST. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Take that C- to the legislature. CMOST. I, I feel like we could do something with that. We could. <laughs> All the puns are writing themselves. I right know. Now. I know. Well, uh, if you are going to tailgate this year, make sure if you see me or Lisa, you say hi. That's one of my favorite parts. I know it's one of Elisa's favorite parts about the tailgates is just meeting people we haven't got to meet in person, saying hi to people we haven't seen for a while. I think I'll be in the B6 area, but trying to find Elisa and some of our friends like Meg and Brooke and some of the other, uh, the moms. Trying to find me is, is difficult. Yeah, I'm mostly all I just over wait the place. for you to find me. Yeah. I'm, we usually go out to the grass lots. We're not fancy. We're unrefined. We don't bring our kids. We drink too much. Like it's perfect. That's, that's exactly how it's that's supposed my to be. vibe. I have said this for every year since we started this podcast. It's been three years, three years now. You do it the right way. Yeah, you do. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I also, I, I truly, it is hard to find me because I walk so much that yes. my Apple watch is like, are you exercising? Basically. No, I'm not exercising, but thank you. You're exercising your fandom. There you go. I am. Yeah. So check out Elisa. She is a wandering nomad. Check me out in B6 and give us hugs and high fives and let's just have the best season and really enjoy it again. Yeah. So I I did hear that there were some new updates on parking, but I cannot find the information about it. I was just kind of like ignoring it because I was, I was like, it's a stressful experience, stressful. And like, I just let my husband, like, there are not very many things that I just like, whatever, he'll figure it out. Honestly, I let him go get parked. (laughs) And then we drop my kids off at my parents' house and I make my dad drop you off. I am 37 years old and I make my dad drop me off at the grass lots. What did I say? You do it right. You do. I know. So I don't pay any attention to it. And I'm like literally texting my husband right now. Can you send me the information about tailgating? And he is like asking me questions and I'm like, just send it. But so he said it was $35 a car, but I'm reading in the Ames trip that it's $25 a car. Well, maybe you should just bring 35 to be careful. But also, oh, I, no cash. Also, I heard that you have to buy your in tailgating in advance, which I feel like doesn't really make any sense. Well, the the probably the takeaway here is you should double check because it sounds like some policies have changed slightly since last year. And I'm not going to say that things are a mess, but things are a mess. Um, it looks as if um, Arnold bought us a ticket. He bought us a parking pass for when we go to the gate. We're going to go on the 8th, I guess, October 8th. And he bought him on Ticketmaster. So I feel like maybe this is a scam. <laughs> <laughs> There's a very good chance that Poor Arnold. Arnold just got scammed. Um, but they like, um, oh, he said it was from Facebook. Um, so, okay. Point takeaway here. Go check out the parking policies in case it's changed. Here's the thing. We have no idea. We, (laughs) the, we do know that student seating has moved from the Northeast corner to the Southeast corner. So I feel like that's going to rock my world a little bit. Yeah. It's going to rock mine too. That's yeah. That's a change. 
Yeah. It's going to be fine because we're going to come into that stadium on September 10th and kick some ass and none yeah. of those changes are going to matter anyway. Who knows? Well, I'm excited for it. Me too. It's going to be a fun season. What what kind of snacks are you going to make real quick? You know, I haven't thought about that yet. I'm sure I'll make something sweet because that's I w- what I yeah. gravitate towards. I'm going to make something savory. Um, this is why we're besties. <laughs> I really want to make pretzel bites. I really like pretzel Doesn't bites. Doesn't that sound good? Yes. Like Auntie Anne's yes. with some like beer cheese or something. Yes. Doesn't that sound good? You can okay. leave those at my tailgate. Oh, I'm going to have them in a fanny pack. <laughs> I love you so much. <laughs> All right. Just thanks for listening, out everybody. Of my fanny pack. We'll see you in a couple of weeks at Jack Trice Stadium. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed Angie and Chris Long. Oh, we'll see you. We'll see you in Jack Trice. Okay. All right. Go Cyclones. Go State.